Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Oh, hi everyone. I've just jumped in really quickly um, before this episode begins, just to let you know that the Hair of the Dog Online Summit for 2019 is uh, the registrations are officially open. You can save $100 during early registration, uh, which is up until November the 12th. So I'm just going to pop a link in the show notes for you all. Um, it is our affiliate link, so you can help support the Pet Photographers Club. You will hear me talking about how to not quit your pet photography business. Um, and you'll also see some other big names that you'll be familiar with, some of which who have been on our show and some who we are looking forward to getting on the show in the future as well. That's it, guys. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the show. I'm Kirsty of Bits of Bernard Photography. And I'm Caitlin of Ragamuffin Pet Photography. And welcome to Season 4, Episode 10 of the Pet Photographers Podcast. Our guest today has a bright and colourful signature style that he brings to his work, whether he's shooting in the studio or on location. His career as a photographer has included commercial work, weddings, headshots and families, but his move into pet photography back in 2017 brought a whole new passion for photography to his business, which we can't wait to hear all about. It's Chad... <laughs> I forgot already. <laughs> Dahlquist? Dahlquist? Dahlquist. Sorry, it's not a hard name. I don't know why my mind blanked because I'd made a point of saying I'm going to remember. It's exactly how it's spelled. I'm so sorry, Chad. Oh, oh my no gosh. We've got Chad Dahlquist with us today. <laughs> Welcome to the Photographers Club, Chad. <laughs> so it's a very brief introduction, but on the show, we really love to dig in and uh, find out the stories of pet photographers all over the world. So we'd love to know um, from you directly who you are, what you do, and, um, and a bit more about your business. So where did you begin? Photography-wise, yeah, I was young. I found my dad's camera. I must have been like 13. And I'm 50 – how old am I now? 56? <laughs> there goes my mind. <laughs> but, um, yes, I mean, it's a long time ago. And ironically, one of the first photos I ever had that I found, like, my passion for photography was of a dog when I was, like, 14. And I entered it actually in shows, and I got on this, like – Kodak worldwide tour and all this stuff. I actually got to get a copy of that photo, come to think of it one day. So I started then and I got into it and I was like yearbook photographer, you know, the whole work, yearbook editor and did that. And then when I got out of school, I actually didn't really shoot much. A couple of my friends went into pro photography and I didn't until I was about 27. And then I just decided I wanted to get back into it and do underwater photography. So from that kind of like after high school to age 27, I was in a business and I had like a big skateboard snowboard shop. And I just kind of like one day went, I'm done. And I walked away from it and, uh, you know, went on to do underwater work for about 15 years. Yeah. So underwater work, what, what do you mean by that? Because that sounds cool. It's not photography, I, yeah, but it I, just sounds cool. I did. It was one of those things I wanted to shoot underwater wrecks and just different sea life and everything mm-hmm. else. Because I've always been like, you know, the love of animals, nature, whatever. So it was basically just shooting underwater stuff. And I really got into wrecks and diving and stuff like that. So I became a scuba instructor. Okay. And I ended up teaching for 15 years, which is obviously a good way to get in the camera in the water every day. 
you know, because otherwise it's prohibitively expensive to mm-hmm. shoot underwater if you don't. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, just to set up, to set up alone, yeah. right? Unless you're like a lawyer, doctor, you know what I mean? Something okay. like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I basically did that and it allowed me just to travel all over and shoot underwater. And then kind of when I transitioned to the other stuff, um, my wife had some friends come out. My wife's from Canada originally. And I met her on Maui because that's where most of my kind of life was. I kind of lived on and off the islands, but most of my life. And I met my wife there and that's where I did most of my underwater work. And she's like, oh, our friends are coming out. Let's take some pictures of them. And I'm like, well, I don't really shoot people. You know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, we'll give it a try. And I actually kind of found I liked it. It wasn't that bad. And I know it seems weird, but you never really, as a photographer, you know what I mean? Like, hey, do you want to go shoot this house? And you're like, well, I don't really shoot homes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I found I liked it. So I got into shooting people and obviously living on Maui, where wedding capital of the world almost, I think. Um, I ended up shooting weddings for close to 15 years. And I, during that time I did both kind of commercial advertising work and the other stuff because I'm, my commercial advertising was advertised and it was advertising for magazines like Condé Nast Travel to make the resorts look better. So when you get to the resort and you're going, this place sucks. It looks so good. <laughs> that would have been my job. Um, so that's kind of what it is. There's a lot of this transitional, you know, like, I mean, I didn't do one thing. I always kind of had like a long overlap, but I tended to focus on one thing, which I think is important in my long career of photography, focusing on one thing I think is really important. Mm-hmm. So then so, when did pets come into it, Chad? Um, I would say I, I got burnt out on weddings about 2016 and I started just shooting my own dogs two Basenjis, which are in some of my pictures. Um, and I just really loved it. And I, it's like, I joke, you can't go up to a bride and go, good girl, here's a treat. Where's your itchy spot? You know, kind of thing to a bride. <laughs> some might like it. I'm hide again. Yeah. So I just kind of really got into like doing this and I just found that, you know, I loved it. So I'm just kind of still growing and pursuing you know, my love and passion for that. And I've always been a dog person and an animal person. I mean, I've always been a massive animal lover, if you will. You know, my mom, my parents were the same way. My mom works a lot with paws and does like cat rescues and spay neuter program. And so, I mean, I grew up in a, I was going to say I grew up in an animal house, but that's the sound <laughs> right. So that's kind of how it transitioned. I mean, kind of a long you know, overthink. And I know to focus. I mean, it's like, I'm done with weddings. I don't do it anymore. I still do people, which you can see on my site. And I, I mean, I do people well, I like what I do with people and I want to do more people with pets and I want to just get more into pets. You know, how did you have an overlap there where you were still shooting weddings, but trying to get pets up and going or did you sort of go no I'm done with weddings cut weddings I just one day said I'm done with weddings and I took a huge financial hit yeah and this whole time too like we have a business um that we do post-production for other professional photographers and I've been a retoucher kind of on the side Mm -hmm. you know that's happy fish right yeah happy fish Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like been about 15 years i've been a retoucher and it's actually in some ways kind of the main thing i do because it really has always allowed me to have that freedom of passion of being like not not gonna work with you you're not the right people you know what i mean yeah and it's still in photography and i think retouching is a huge part of good retouching is good retouching 
you know, it's like people and cameras, not people and cameras, like photographer and cameras, you know how it is. Like good retouching is tough. Yeah. And hard to you know. find as a photographer. Yeah. Actually. And most of it's overdone. Most of it's yes. overdone and tacky and like, you know, <laughs> nice plastic orange skin you got yeah, on that yeah. model, <laughs> you know? Okay. So you quit, quit your weddings called Turkey. Um, yeah. Always such an amazing thing to do if you are a wedding. I used to shoot weddings as well, and I remember the last one I shot being like, oh, that's so nice. <laughs> if it's yeah. not your passion, then weddings is hard work. Um, yes. So you quit weddings, but you're still photographing um, families, some headshots, and is pet photography your focus? It- it's my focus and it's where I'm going to take it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still doing a lot of retouching. So, I mean, I have that, you know, it's like anything. You can always be doing more, but, you yeah. know, I want to do just pets. Here's my goal is to like do just pets and I might do people that I like, you know, not that I like, like that sounds weird, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey, this could be a really interesting thing to do and shoot this person maybe with a pet that has a story. I think that would be cool. And do that, but I really want to get into pets and I'm still kind of deciding if I'm going to do some personal projects. And um, like the one thing you had with, what's the dude from photography? Craig's, um, Craig. yeah, like New Zealand. Like the personal that you guys did. You yeah. know what I mean? The personal stuff. So like, that's interesting because, okay, that's like something that I could see me doing because I like that and kind of where I'm at and I want to keep you know, going that way. I think personal projects are such a great way to like get your mind buzzing. It's a great way to have content to be sharing on social media. And then there's always ways that you can then end up monetizing a personal project, whether or not it's, um, you know, working with a charity and then creating sessions out of that style. Or like, obviously I'm a big fan of publishing books from your work. That's the thing. So yeah, I, I definitely could see you doing. And I know who to hit up on then and when they get close to that. Because, I mean, I love the idea of books and sharing, you know. And one of my passions that I want to do actually is I want to get into teaching people. That's one of my things. Well, I was going to say, um, I mean, anyone who's part of the Hair of the Dog group, which I assume a lot of um, – a lot of our listeners are anyway. So you guys will likely already recognize Chad's name because you share so much of the, especially the technical side of what you're doing. So at what point um, or what was the transition like between photographing people and then learning how to photograph pets? Did you sort of just apply the same thing or did you have to learn a whole new different? kind of the same thing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, I actually enjoy pets more because you can tell a person, drop your chin, do this, move over, get in the light, hold still, you know? Okay. I want you to kind of lean forward. I love the spasticness of pets. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like the goats. You, I mean, most people have seen the goats and I think that's like a good representation of my work. Those goats are not what you see most people shooting goats like at all, you know? And I, I did that in my garage, luckily, because they, they peed on me twice. <laughs> but it's like, you know, not to sound gross to your viewers, but it's like better than tourists puking on you on boats that I worked on. You know what I mean? So that's the yeah, doesn't bug absolutely. me. Absolutely. 
I've never been grossed out by, and I know other people, although I feel like if you're a pet photographer, you're just not going to be the sort of person that's particularly grossed out by, I don't know, dog slobber. I've had some clients look at me horrified when I'm just like wiping dog slobber off on my jeans and that's like, like, it's it's really not the worst. It's not. Actually just allowing the dog to like cover your hand and arm in slobber, like to try to get a tree and nothing on it. It's no big deal. And then it's like. All right. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all of us agree on this. I think all pet photographers agree on this. The pets are never the problem. It's the person that's the problem. And they're mm-hmm. too worried about what their dog is doing. And I'm pretty darn like kind of how I am. I laugh a lot. I joke a lot. You know, like if a dog comes over, I'm just like, just let it run around. Oh, what? Are, you know, like, oh, well, you know, my trust me, my dog's peed on the carpet here too. So it's not a big deal. You know what I mean? Kind of attitude. And let the dog just run around for the first 10 minutes and chill and, you know what I mean, sit on the floor, let the dog run around. You know, that's how you have to be. You can't be a pet photographer and be uptight. Mm -hmm. I just can't do that. So, you mentioned then like your carpet, shooting in your garage, but a lot of your work is also outdoors. So, what are you um, predominantly you know, wanting to shoot now at studio or outdoors? I'm in Arizona, Phoenix area. Today was like, I forgot what, 108, 109 degrees in Fahrenheit. I don't know what that converts to Celsius. <laughs> that means nothing to us. <laughs> I mean, it's like hot, you know, like insane. Okay. So I have to shoot indoors. Yeah. I mean, I have to shoot indoors because it's just too hot for uh, me and it's yeah, not yeah. safe for the pets. So... I kind of did that because I did it, but because of my commercial background and you can see some of my shots kind of like, you can kind of see that commercial background coming through, you know, and I've always just been good at lights. And I know we talked before the show a little bit, like people know, like when I write, I'm really dyslexic. I can't write very well, but I just click the keyboard and spill out stuff with no punctuation. The guy Platon or Platon, Platon, I think is, is actually how you pronounce his name, had this video and he said the same thing. And I laughed because I'm like, I'm not alone. So in this idea of like pushing this info and doing this stuff out there, and he has one thing that he said, and I totally relate to this. I love studio for the simplicity. And I really love the shots that I do that are just simple, clean, and it's the dog and there's just enough of a quirk of an expression, just enough of a something that's a little bit different about it. That side of studio I love and I love the outdoor stuff. So I'm really torn. You know what I mean? I really am torn because I do love the studio stuff I do for that simplicity because it takes away everything. And it's just this, just a, just a bit of the personality pulls through on a dog, you know, but I love the outside. So it's kind of like, you know, what do you do? How do you pick? Yeah. It's like both. You've got the same problem as you and Shen in from Scotland in that both your studio and your outdoor work is gorgeous. So it's not like you should clearly be picking one or the other. Although I do think, um, likewise, there's sort of like a signature style that you can recognize, yeah. regardless of the backdrop for you. Um, and I did mention in our intro actually your signature style because I, th- I think your work is quite recognisable. From your point of view, how would you describe that style? And I guess what's your opinion 
in the importance of other photographers nailing down the consistency there? I would say, I mean, my style is just that. It's just like, it's about that personality. It's about that one little thing that just is a little bit, there's usually enough of a look in the eye. There's enough of a tilt of an ear. There's enough of a thing that just makes it look a little less than like, oh, I'm a cute dog. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's, it's that kind of separating those two. And I think that's just timing and just being an animal fanatic my whole life. And like the light to me, I always joke that like, if your brain is whatever, six inches long and you can only use three inches of it, everybody has a gap. Everybody has a three inch gap, save your mind. I know mine is in writing and, you know, physical, that kind of thing. But I have another thing that I can see. I can see light. I've just got this gift to see light, I think. And I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but you know what I'm saying? You've got to be confident in what you do. I mean, you have to be as a photographer, you have to be confident in your artwork. So I have this ability to see light. So for me to see light, I just, I just see it. I just put the light out there. I move it and I see it. And I think that's the thing. It's like, if you've got this ability as a photographer and a gift to do something like to get these expressions out of the dog, cause you're quirky or something, you got to work with that and you cannot chase anyone's style you can use it and one of the guys i mentioned glenn dewis i love his work i love what he does and i love how he teaches and i love what he says and he has this book i think it's um how to photograph like a thief have you ever heard about that no, no i haven't read it Dewis, look, look him up he's really cool and he's got some great tutorials and stuff but he has this thing it's like and it came from this book called like how to an artist book on how to like draw like a thief or something and like look at what i do if you like what i do or if you like what caitlin does or christy you know what i mean like look at the work and then go okay i'm gonna try that but don't ask them what they do or don't do or what settings because that doesn't matter you know what i mean go try to do that with your own thing and you'll get your own signature i think too many people try to fit Mm, they try to emulate too closely something. Yeah, like like Ewan's and I, I think we're probably a lot alike. I think we're both kind of mellow, quirky guys in that sense. And we both kind of have light that's similar, you know, or style, whatever, for the studio stuff. And it's like, I can tell you. He but also very you. different. I'm going to yeah, interrupt yeah, you there. Yeah. It's a different thing. But I mean, it's both really, you know, you can tell there's something there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can tell it's not... Both he and I, and I noticed like um, Travis is getting really good with like light, you know, yes, like not looking yeah. like it's lit. And obviously, and I can't even think of the German guy's name right now, and I'm totally blanking. What's Andreas? Andreas. Like he and I have chatted online, you know, and I mean, I think, you know what I mean? We both kind of communicated a couple of times, and we both have that kind of gift, I think, too, of light. And I'm not the only one, there's tons of people out there. So I don't want to put that barrier on there. But yeah, yeah we won't start listening. <laughs> they yeah, will leave you know someone up. Like, like, <laughs> But his his light, my light, Ewan's light, doesn't look like it's lit, lit, like yes. heavily, like over flashed or something. And I think that just comes with time. It's kind of like, you know. So what would your recommendation be then, Chad, if you don't mind me asking, for someone who is just starting to dip their toes, for example, into studio pet photography, what would you recommend they do to start practicing lighting without it looking like lighting. Get a stuffed animal, use a stuffed animal, mm -hmm. and then bring a real animal in. Don't be afraid to use the modifier really close. I see so many shots that could be so improved by just moving that light close. And it seems counterintuitive, but it's, 
it's better. I think that's me, my style. You know, I like my pizza thin, mm -hmm. less cheese, more sauce. You know what I mean? It's, it's that kind of a thing. So it's like, I see a lot of people the light way back and you get that inverse square law thing that people can Google up inverse square law, said it again. So, it, and you end up with sometimes like just so much going on and you lose that like depth of the light. And to me, the depth of the light is the fall off of the light, how quick it falls away from something that gives you that depth because the depth is in the shadows. So I say, move the light closer and then just play the heck out of the angles. Everything I do almost is non-direct. Almost everything I have is feathered or non-direct. So I'm never pointing my modifier at the animal. Some of the behind the scenes you've seen where I'm literally like pointing it straight down and it's out in front. And I use a big modifier most of the time. Most of my work is with a 48 inch modifier. And a lot of the work I have it like 20 inches, 30 inches away from the pet. That's pretty close, you know? So, but it gives that big, soft, rappy light that way mm. and really fast fall off. But it's never pointed at him. It's just the edge of the light. So, um, I mean, I'm, a, I'm, aware, I'm aware listeners right now, you're listening to what is very much a visual thing. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. But that no 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 don't apologize. I asked you for specific advice and that is fantastic advice. Also love the stuffed animal um thought because of course you would do that rather than try I'm always trying to make my dogs like okay, back back you come, sit, stay Just again. Use the stuffed animal and then when you've got it down, do it. Yeah, yes, that makes so much more sense. Um, but I do want to recommend anyone who is interested, just a side note, in um seeing the sort of things that Chad's talking about in his own work. If you're part of the Hair of the Dog group, just look up Chad's name and there are very many posts there never about. never be afraid to ask. If, even if yeah. you do an old thing like, hey, what did you do? You know what I mean? I am so open. Nobody's going to be me. Nobody's going to be you guys. Nobody's going to be whoever. I think that's one of my favorite things about the pet photography world is actually because it's so small, we try to help each other all the time and once somebody new to the industry realizes that it's so nice it's like they're like oh I could have asked like yeah of course you could have asked no like, it's true though I mean it's like you know some people I think too here's the here's the thing for people that might be newer don't ask about settings because settings don't matter ask about why you know or what maybe like you know kind of things like or how like if you see an image and you're like wow how did you get that catch light you know then you could say well you can see that it's larger it's in this angle you can reverse it you know because just going oh what settings did you use doesn't matter it's like asking a chef well what number did you have your you know whatever grill on for that and i bet he worked more on picking out that piece of fish that he was cooking than he did the pan heat you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, there's that. That's a great analogy. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, Chad, can we go back um, a bit? So, you've only semi recently, I suppose, transitioned from um, weddings mostly into pets. So, how did you go getting those first few, um, I mean, pets to photograph other than? Your own my, daughters, my daughter's in 4-H, so I use some of those connections for, like, the goats, the other animals yeah. and stuff. And the other ones for, were just really... 4-H, did you say? Sorry, Chad. Yeah, 4-H. I don't know if it's just a U.S. thing or not. It's like a, they work with, like, 
showing horses, showing rabbits, showing guinea pigs. So it's like a more like high school age kind of and stuff. And they work with animals and stuff quite a bit and all kinds of welfare with animals, horses, everything. It's a great group. Otherwise, just if you see an animal you like, I literally have gone out on the street and seen an animal and went, hey, hey, I'm not a freak, but here's a business card. I'm a pet photographer. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just look at the website. If you like what you see, talk to me because I've been in this biz a long time. You know what I mean? And I've made it this far. And the one thing I can say is, and you guys, I'm sure will agree with this. I hope. <laughs> Open my mouth. It's like, <laughs> don't go cheap. Because once you go cheap, you'll never get back up. It's better just to do some free work and be free than to try to do it cheap. Because, oh, yeah, he did that. I talked that guy down to 50 bucks. You know what I mean? You'll never get out of that. So like some of the work I've been doing to build this up is free and some of it's paid and I'm going to get paid, you know, what most of the other better photographers are making. You know, you can make a living at this, but do not sell yourself short and cheap. Do it. This is my, my feeling. Do it for free. Build it up. I did that for weddings on, on Maui. I literally... On the boat I worked on, and I still did my commercial work and everything, I still worked on a boat three days a week there doing scuba, even though when I was full-time commercial because I loved it. But I would literally walk down the beach and see some couple that looked like they were nice people, not physical-wise, just, you know, you could just tell that happiness that they were there, you know, laughing. Mm -hmm. You could tell that, you know what I mean? They weren't just kind of like sitting there staring, you know, they were doing something. (laughs) I'd go up to them and go, hey, I'm a photographer on the island. I want to get into weddings. I do commercial work here, you know. I'd love to shoot you guys. And they'd be like, uh, what, what's the catch? I go, no catch. You know what I mean? I just want to shoot you, be able to use you for my portfolio. So every dog, pet, everything that comes in, the client signed two releases. One's a property release in the US at least. It's a property release because they're considered property, not a model. And then the other is a full commercial licensing, everything for me. And that gives me the ability even for free to know I can then use that in an application later. Mm-hmm. So when you were first starting, we focused mostly on portfolio and now you're working more with clients or how, how long has the buildup been? I'm working with clients some and I'm working with a few things behind the scenes to try to do some instruction because I really do want to get into doing some books on certain breeds, animals, you know, and I'll probably do one on Basenjis because we have Basenjis. Everybody loves their dog, you know. Um, and then a bunch of instruction. And that's what I want to really get into is like a lot of, you know, teaching, because again, I taught snowboarding for eight years and I taught scuba for 15 years. I love helping people do what I love. And if I share what I love. It sounds like a natural transition for you there, Chad. Yeah. I mean, I really love doing that. I mean, I get a lot of passion out of seeing people grow and get better and, you know. Yeah. Well, that comes across with, I mean, comes across with the way that you talk and it also comes across with what you're sharing online. Um, I want to pivot slightly when you're mentioning, you know, doing personal projects and that sort of stuff. Tell us about the under, I mean, under goat, under dogs, that, that series. That's something I did. And obviously there's that one guy that did it, you know, that got kind of famous. Tim, for Tim Fleck. 
Is that who it is? I don't know. There's been a I couple, think so. Yeah. yeah. Somebody, somebody has done it. Be, it. It's not the first thing, but everything's been. No, done. but it looks, I mean, again, like we were saying, you've put your own spin on it. I was going to say, to sound conceited, I think I light it better. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I don't do enough of it because some of the pets don't like it. And I will right. not do something the pet doesn't like. So you notice there's more puppies and other things and those little, you know, it's like, and I want to do more, but like when I put the dogs on there and you can see they're like, you know, and if they don't kind of calm down in a second, there's a difference of like putting a dog on his tails. He's kind of like, oh, what's going on? Oh, there's a treat. You know what I mean? Then he's okay. But you can tell if they don't like it. You guys, everybody in our business should know that. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And if they don't like it, I won't do it. And unfortunately, I've seen some videos of some people who do it, and you can tell the pets are freaked out, and that just you I, know what I mean? feel like um, it's a stereotype of photographers who don't specialize in pets, but they're just doing yeah. you know one-off shoots. It's what I I hear yep. a lot, especially with commercial clients, is like, oh, it's so much different working with a pet-specific photographer. <laughs> Um, because you have an understanding of the animals versus getting frustrated about why is this puppy not or, or like trying to get a, a dog to work for four hours, for example. That's the thing. I like, bet almost every single person on Hair of the Dog and, you know, the people whose names we know and everything is a dog lover. Yes, they don't I mind think you're lick, right. Yeah. Like you said, you know, we don't mind being licks, Labrador, whatever. There's a few people that are exceptional, exceptional, like fashion photographers that probably go, hey, I can, this is trending, so I'm going to shoot a dog. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes yeah. you can kind of tell. And I'm not saying that about the original guy who did the underdog. Not at all. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying oh, you no, know how no. you see that kind of stuff. So the underdog stuff, people have asked, and I posted behind the scenes, look it up on Hair of the Dog. Um, and it's about light. Again, all my work is about light. And I always joked in weddings, I was the same way. I'm always, my little saying is, and I didn't invent this. I'm an available light photographer and I have lots of options available. <laughs> I can use the sun, the shade, scrims, you know, off-camera lighting. These people who are like, I only shoot natural light. Either they love it and they only shoot that because they love it or they heard that and they're new. So most people that have been in this for a while who only shoot natural chose that path because they probably tried flash and they didn't get the look you want because it is a different look. You can tell it, you know, um, is it Kaylee Greer? Is that how you pronounce her name? Yeah. Correctly? Yeah. Like her light, like me being a light person and having a background in lighting, like I can tell what she uses and how she does it. And she knocks it out of the park with that exceptional look of the thing. And you see a lot of people kind of copying that. And it looks like a copy, you know what I mean? Because they don't understand the little things or probably why she used what she did or the pointing or the direction or anything else, you know? And I think it's one of those things, again, we get back to like, I love her work. Okay, well, go do what you do and kind of not copy, but copy the idea of what you like and play with it and learn. But put your own spin on it, how you hold it, how you do it, and put your own spin. And you, and you see some of that on Hair of the Dog. You know, you see some people that have kind of really come a long ways in a short time, and they're getting their own look, you know. But I think, again, too many people just ask, like, what settings, and settings don't matter. Yeah, what settings or what gear. Yeah. Uh, it just depends on the <laughs> – Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. I want to jump back into sort of what you're doing, I guess, to, to grow the brand under pet photography. And I guess 
I mean, you've been in this for a long time. If you have any advice just in general as a photographer on what you recommend our listeners to do in terms of growing your business or getting clients or marketing your business, that sort of thing? I would say when you look at every photographer out there, a lot of them don't want to admit it, but they had a connection to something, whether it's a spouse that you know works in this business or that or something. Don't be afraid of that and don't hide it. Use it. Use it to your biggest advantage. I mean, if you have somebody that works, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. in that leverage everything you can. If you, I think you know what I'm trying to say, like never be afraid to leverage anything you have like that. And if you have friends, never be afraid to ask your friends for help. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because those people are who can launch you because they'll know other people, you know, and you might find too, that it's not working. So you got to say, okay, I know this isn't working. I've got to cut and I've got to go another direction. And I found that a little bit kind of with what I've been doing here where I'm at in Phoenix. It's like I've gone down a couple paths and I'm like, this is just, I'm not getting what I need back out of this. So I'm kind of re-angling on what I'm doing, you know? And I, I think that's a, the biggest I love a thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you got to be able to, to know that. And some of it just comes with experience, but you can tell if you're doing, you know, well, you know, if you're, if you're happy moving forward or you're not yeah, kind of thing. And are you getting clients that are like, I don't know, like, let's just say they're, uh, I'm just pulling this out of a hat. They're all kind of jerky and snippy. Maybe they're like show people who want their dog, like with a certain look of a show. And they're not just like pet owners who are fanatical about their little kid who happens to have four legs and furry. Yeah. You know? Which is a completely different type of client. And I do think when people are first starting um, and they don't have a clear idea of who their client is and so therefore where they can find it, it is kind of easy to get um, down the rabbit hole of, oh, am I supposed to be working with breeders or am I supposed to be working with yeah. show dogs? And not to say that, I mean, if that sort of person is who your client is, great. Um but, yeah, actually recognizing who you want to be working with. So for me, for example, I did do that, started like sidetracking and working more with show dogs accidentally and then it would have been very easy for that to snowball. And But I was like, oh, these aren't, people aren't buying the photos because, again, not to generalize that people who show their dogs don't love their dogs. You know what I mean, though? Yep. I want yep. people hiring a photographer because – their dog is their kid not hiring a photographer because they need a photo of their dog posing a certain way it's two completely different things um but yeah i totally agree it's so easy to get lost there and not every every, not every client we hear it all the time once in a while you get (laughs) things that make you go okay you know (laughs) just learn to live with those people and let it laugh and roll off your back. And you know what I mean? It's like, again, I used to joke all the time in Maui. It's like, I don't see how you can make enough money to travel here with how dumb you are. (laughs) But it's like, you know, these people who do things, it's like, how deep do you have to dive to get under the island? And I just go, mm-hmm. okay, what do, you, what do you do for a living? So I don't accidentally yeah. have to fall on you. So Chad, if we just um, jump back to that actually about pivoting. So is there some, is there one change in particular that you can think of off the top of your head that you've made in your business um, recently, not switching from weddings to dogs, but something more recent since you've just been specializing in pets um, that's really made a difference to 
to the business as it is now? The only thing I can think of right now, because I'm still really building it, but I mean, I tend to do things. I, I've been in this biz long enough and I've done everything I've kind of done for maybe 10 or 15 years at a time and made a good living. So I'm also looking at this long term. I'm not coming into this like, you know what I mean? Oh, no. What I, it's like I know it's a marathon. Yeah. I would say I got a lot of cool stuff on small animals, but small animals don't pay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my thing for where I'm at and the people I'm working with. You know, some of the stuff is really cute and I can see it. And to give you an idea, like I really kind of want to do a book on goats. So if anybody else out there comes out with a book on goats first, I'm going to be mad. No. (laughs) (laughs) I really have a photograph of one goat and it was so much fun. So I can definitely see why you want to do that, Chad. And you know what's weird is when they jump on you, they land like a cat. They're really yeah, soft. Yeah, oh, they do. I freaked out. I was like, oh, he's jumping on me. And I was like all ready for this like bracing for this big hit. And it was like, meow, like a kitty landing. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> what a trip. Like, I mean, but I've seen people who do go books and they do a great job. I want to do a go book with my angle and do something. So I think one of like the pivoting things is knowing, okay, uh, there's a lot of great goat owners who are like really big on their goats. And that's a, uh, kind of person that's very fanatical. You know what I mean? If you've met goat owners, they're very passionate about their goats. You know, for me in my area, I don't think there's a lot of money in taking them, but I think there would be okay money in a book because I think it also hits mm-hmm. other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So being able to look at something from a business point of view rather than just an emotional one. Yeah. So I would say my pivot is, is I went out there and I seeked out different animals, different things and stuff. And I saw what's going to work and what's not. And also what I enjoy doing, you know, and I'm not against cats, but I'm really allergic to them. <laughs> and my mom works with them amazingly, like nonstop with this pause program, but I've never shot a cat yet. It just, the opportunity hasn't come up, but I'm a dog person. Now, is that by choice or did that just kind of happen? Or is that something that I've got to look at my portfolio and go, Maybe I don't need cats, you know, so if one comes up, I'll gladly shoot it, but I don't have to go and seek and go, oh, I've got to shoot cats. I've got to shoot dogs. I got to make sure I get this look. And in wedding photography, one of the things that got me out of it was a bride coming up with an Instagram list and going, okay, I want this shot, this shot, this shot, this shot. Like, no, 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 no. What you want are the shots that make other brides go, I want this shot, this shot, this shot. That's what you want, you know, and if that makes sense to people that's what you want to do. So you have to be able to know what you do and do well. Like I'm blessed with the ability to do good studio stuff. So I don't mind going down that road. If you hate it, but you think you have to do it, don't. That's all I can say. You know, it's going to burn you out. I think, couldn't you agree mm-hmm. with that? Don't you know people? Oh, absolutely. You've interviewed enough people. Yeah. I think the common thing that you're going to see amongst the, you know, great people you've interviewed they're passionate about what they do and they know that they're enjoying this and liking it. And once you get down that road, the thing that made me quit weddings cold Turkey was just, I'm done. Mm. You know, you know yeah. really we've still got this running theme going on of the last five I was just about to say, Kirst. Of everybody we've interviewed, like of the last five interviews at least have mentioned or really more than mentioned, really made a point of saying that they made a change to their business or to their work life um to follow something that they're passionate about and i think that's just such a great message to keep hearing over and over it's great 
It is very inspiring. It's true, though. You have to be, you know. And I mean, like tech-wise, just to kind of bring this up with you, like I get a lot of people to ask me like some tech things. And there's a couple guys I love. Joel Grimes. I love his portrait work and I love his artwork that is more art. His sports stuff is cool, but I'm not into that, so I don't really care. Does that make sense? I think it's great, but it's not what I like about yeah. him. Mm-hmm. And I like Glenn Dewis and his portrait. I like Platon because or Platon because he's just so raw. He's just so raw and it's about that kind of thing. So taking what I know I like and finding people that I know I like for inspiration and going, okay, I'm not alone. You know what I mean? And it's like, if you find people that shoot outdoors in a certain way, you're like, oh, good, I'm not alone. Whether that gives you personal reassurance or anything else, but it also kind of stems ideas and you kind of are drawing from this. I shoot with a tripod in studio a lot. Some people want to know, like, what do you do? You know, like, and they're like, really? I never use a tripod. And it's like, that's cool. You know, (laughs) just whatever, you know, but I like a tripod. And I know there's some great people that use tripods. So don't be afraid of things like that. And don't use a tripod because I said so, and don't not use one because they said so. Use it and you find out if you like it and then get away from it. Like all my lighting, I would say 95% of my lighting, 98% of my lighting, except for my under stuff is all shot with one light. That doesn't mean that doing two, three, four, five lights is bad. It's just I like that simplicity. You know, there are times I'll use a background light to throw in color or gels. But again, you know, I have a way too much gear. You know what I mean? And I've tried it all and I just kind of keep going back. So I think also for people yeah. who are new, try it. Just tr- and, and give it a solid try. Don't like, oh, I tried it one day and it didn't work. You know what I mean? Try it for like a month. You know, burn yourself out on it so you know. And that's one thing that I do a lot of is I do practice. And we brought that up in the beginning, the stuffed animal, shoot a stuffed animal. They don't move, nail down what you like, then bring in your real animal and watch it all fall apart because they're moving all over the place. (laughs) I think that's such a good tip, Chad, Um, in the whole, well, in life in general, but definitely in business um, and as a photographer to practice and keep practicing at your craft, but also in all aspects of your business too. Like, you know, if you try something you know, say marketing, you try a marketing strategy and it doesn't work, tweak it and try again. If it still doesn't work, well, then maybe it's not the right strategy and you want to try something new, but give it a go first, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. here's, here's a question for you guys too, to the, to the listeners. Do you find that like maybe kind of knowing enough people you've interviewed, I think too, you can't, you can't go, that didn't work and flip a 180 and go the other way because then you just end up going all over the map and you have no... <laughs> Like what no works? Yeah. Do you know what I'm trying to kind of get it? Like if you, okay, I got to move a little bit. So I'm going to move over a little bit and try this. I think some people flip one side too quickly and too radically. Do you ever feel that? I mean, it's a kind of an impulse reaction to do that, isn't it? So I guess, especially in the early days, it's easy to do that. Oh, it didn't work and flip it upside down. But Like you did one face, like I've never done a Facebook ad, but like, oh, I did a Facebook ad and it works. So I'll never do that again. You know, I wouldn't say that. I would say, well, try another one, but but move it a little bit, whether it's in the the season or what were you trying to target or, you know what I mean? So at least me in my business, what I've done, like my commercial background when I did it, like I, I would only move like small angles. The other thing that I found too, is I was never afraid to tell a client, this isn't going to work. You know, it's like the same thing with us and dogs. We've heard it a million times, you know, 
Eh, just, you know, just sit back, let the dog jump on and off. Don't get all twig that the dog keeps jumping off the table. Who cares? Or the dog doesn't want to sit there. Let's work with it. You know, I think it's that controlling your client is something that I see newer people not being able to do too. Yeah. And again, that comes down to practice, which I think is a really nice um, note to finish on actually, Chad, that, you know, to keep practicing. Um, yeah, it's been so great to have you in the on the show. So we might wrap up. Um, before we wrap up, is there sort of a final tip that you wanted to give to our listeners or, or maybe give them um, your website and other information of where people can check out your work or the best place to find you. We've mentioned Hair of the Dog a couple of times. Yep, Hair um, of the Dog on there, Chad Dahlquist. It's kind of C-H-A-D-D-A-H-L-Q-U-I-S-T, but you can find it. I think you guys might – do you link to it anyway? When We'll pop a link in the show notes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just link it. And like I said, reach out to me on Hair of the Dog on Facebook, whatever. I'm totally open to stuff. And my biggest thing is practice and keep it moving. Don't get stale. My work even slowly evolves, and it should. You should – always be moving it forward a little bit but don't it's not a you know it's not a sprint it's a marathon you know move slowly so people recognize what you do yeah great advice chad thanks so much for coming on board that was chad dahlquist chatting about how you can develop your own signature style as a pet photographer by practicing experimenting finding inspiration and embracing your own artistry we will have all the links and resources mentioned in our show notes for this episode. So just visit thepetphotographersclub.com forward slash podcast forward slash 0410. And next week we have our live members only episode in the Facebook group. So as always, if you're not a pro member yet, you can join us and you'll be supporting us and you will get your first month free. And you will also get access to that mastermind group, the fortnightly deep dive and Q&As, plus our exclusive discounts and all the other great things for just $10 a month. So you can head on over to the petphotographersclub.com to find out more. That's everything for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, Caitlin and I wish you all the success in your business. If you're enjoying the podcast, please, please rate and review us on iTunes and help spread the word about uh, the Pet Photographers Club. Thank you again, Chad, for joining us. It was so great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Chad. Have an awesome late night. (laughs) Yeah, we better let you go. Yeah.